When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm your host, Ryan Spagnoli of CLNS Media. As always, with me, my good friend, Alex Barth of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Barth, how are we doing today? Look at us on time for once. I think I we're like five, say. six minutes late to the last show, but uh, all the people who, you know, thought, oh, it's a 6.30 show, but I'll wait five minutes, uh, you know, I'll go get my snacks, whatever. We're keeping you on your toes this, we're on uh, time this week. Right the on later the we go. there. The later we go. And I actually meant to, I meant to send it to you on, on Instagram when I saw it. But you're a big 20. This is completely random, but I just thought it'd be a funny note to start the show. You're a huge 28-3 yeah. to three guy, as am I. Of you course. always like how they always – did you see the Matt Ryan ball? That I happened did. This yeah, weekend? I did. His 60,000 like- career yards, they put the ball in the Hall of Fame, and it was the ball number was 283. This you know- poor dude cannot escape this. It's awesome. Do you know what the uh, the Fibonacci sequence is or the golden number, the golden ratio? No, not a clue. It's, it's just this concept. It's this basically sequence of numbers that randomly shows up in all these elements of nature and art. And like, it's just Google it, right? It's, it's like the, the ratio of like flower petals to a flower, but it's the same ratio with something in like astronomy and the stars. Anyway, the, the point is, it's this number that no matter where you look, you'll pretty much find it. 28.3 or 283 is pretty much the Fibonacci number of football where no matter where you look, no matter what you're doing, it just somehow, some way finds a way to show up. And it's awesome. I, I saw that today, man. And I was like, this, this guy, he, he like, I hope he opens up about it more in context. I know he was on a pot. I think he was on part of my ticket a year or two ago and he dove into it, but. Yeah, he's got like, to tire first before it just, you really get into it. Oh, yeah. It just follows him around. I thought it was awesome. But anyways, enough 28-3 talk. Um, those yeah. were the glory days, as you can tell, after week one. But um, let's dive into the Pittsburgh game. Obviously, Mac Jones, obviously, today did miss practice with an illness. I guess it said it, it's not going to affect his his status on, on Sunday. I, I'm just curious. Is this them kind of hindering the back and using the illness as an off day? I'm, I'm odd day to be have an off day, right? Have a sick day, yeah. I guess. That that was my thought, especially after he was full yesterday and they made a point of talking about how he was okay. Uh, it, I, I remember this, and, and obviously it's the context is a little different, but there was a game in 2019, like late in the season, where one day Brady just wasn't at practice. It was a Thursday, and he just wasn't there, and they listed him as an illness. And he came back Friday and was fine. And then we found out, I don't know if it was that weekend or like a week or two later, that they basically just gave him the day off. He's a veteran. He wanted a day off. They gave him a day off. So 
Tom Brady was Tom Brady at that point, obviously six-time Super Bowl champion, the best to ever do it. Mac Jones is a year and a week into his NFL career. I'm not sure that he necessarily gets the same treatment, but that was just kind of the first thing that popped into my head was, was that from 2019. So to say it's completely unrelated to the back, I think is, is a little naive. Maybe he did feel sick. I know there were some people floating the idea that maybe he's taking some medication for the back and maybe that caused some stomach issues, which is possible. Uh, I just, it's not a coincidence. Like it's, it, it just be, it, it, how could they not be related? Right. Right. And I think too, it's week one. And we talked about last week with win. It's tough to play with a bad back. Right. So, yes. um, you hope that's, that's good and, and he can, it can hold up. But I think that if this is, you saw him walking off the field or I guess into the trainer's room, that video obviously leaked on Sunday. I know that pain, that stuff lingers, right? So you got to get right before that, that can, that can hinder you, right? Like a hamstring, like anything. Right. If you don't take care of it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh, and it's only week one, unfortunately. So um, I think a big matchup for them, I guess, protecting him. Obviously, that's priority number one any week, whether it's the preseason, regular season. But no TJ Watt this week. That's obviously a big, uh, big positive for the Patriots, right? Yeah. Def- reigning defensive player of the year, somebody that can really cause havoc and can, can take over game. One of the few edge rushers in the league that I think can, can completely take over game, right? Like the Micah Parsons, the TJ Watts, the Nick Bosa's when he's healthy, right? Like those guys that just completely take over games. That's huge. And I don't know if their defense is as good as Miami's. I know they're secondary. They had a big day. They had a really good week last week. Would they have four or five sacks, two interceptions, right. a pick six, a blocked kick, but and I don't want to sell any, you know, sell Miami short. They had a really good defense and a tough front. I think you might be able to to have a little bit more time this week without TJ Watt um, lining up across you. Yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh's better on the back end, better in the secondary, at least based on, you know, Miami was missing, I think, three three starters in their secondary. So I'm saying, like, based on who the Patriots face, I think Pittsburgh is a better secondary. Make a Fitzpatrick rules. He's so freaking good. Uh, Miami gave him up. Let's not forget that up front. Like they still have pieces. I still think it's going to be tougher to run the ball on Pittsburgh. Cam Hayward, obviously Tyson Aluwalu is still somehow in the NFL and playing well. I thought he was like 40. I looked it up. I thought he'd been in the league for, you know, decades. He started in 2010. So he's not that old, but feels like he's been around for a while. Um, you know, they got, they got some good linebackers in there too. They got one of the Edmonds brothers. I'm, I'm blanking on which one it is. I apologize. Uh, you know, High Smith. They brought in Miles Jack. So the the defensive front, I think, is better against the run. I don't know that you know Watts kind of their staple pass rusher. Without him, things kind of drop a chain. And, and you're right, they should have more time to throw. And then in the secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick's an absolute playmaker. But for me, and I, I'm writing about this, it'll be up tomorrow morning on 98.5thesportsup.com. I think it's just about you know. What they what, what the Patriots used to do when they faced elite safeties, like the Ed Reed game plan comes to mind. I'm not saying make up Fitzpatrick's Ed Reed, but just the way the team's constructed, where you know where he is, because they're gonna line him up everywhere. They're gonna line him up at deep safety, box safety, linebacker, slot corner, outside corner. Figure out where he is, try to figure out what his assignment is, and then just don't throw the ball there. Like just he's gonna take somebody out, let him take somebody out. And, you know, elsewhere, Levi Wallace is their second corner. He's banged up. They kind of rotate their corners overall. You're, there's going to be, I think, mismatches to, you can exploit. Just there's no need, none, to pick on Minka Fitzpatrick in this game. If they don't do that, 
and they do a better job pass blocking, I, I think they can make it look better than it did against Miami. And that right. second one's a big if, but it, you have to say it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a good, I guess, measuring stick. I, I, right, you're playing a team with a one of the bottom tier quarterbacks, right? That's right. That's surrounded by you know good enough weapons to help him out. A strong defense, a good defensive front, a lot of similarities, I think, between the Steelers and Miami. Right? Obviously, one's a divisional opponent, so they're going to know you a little bit more, especially with Boyer on the other side. But you have to factor in Brian Flores. Yeah. I think his his official titles like defensive assistant or linebackers coach, Both. but you know uh, he's helping run that defensive defense. senior defensive assistant linebackers coach. Yeah, right. So I mean that if there's a if there's a coordinator. I don't know if they have a a um, listed uh, defensive coordinator. You'd probably know better than me, or that's something you can look up. They but do. I, I, I the name's escaping me right now, but they do. Brian Flores is probably heavily involved in the game plan on the defensive side of the ball. So I would think that's especially a huge factor. this week. Uh, uh, Terrell Austin, by the way, is the DC. Terrell Austin, right? But I think the Flores factor in in Pittsburgh. Obviously, these two teams have not faced off since 2018. Belichick noted yeah. that that's super, you know, weird that they haven't faced each other in this long. But two two longest head coaches, layoff. two teams, longest layoff since uh, 98 to 02. Wow, I mean that's. Speaks volumes about both the teams, how they kind of had a, a little bit of a, a, a drop, not a drop off, but a turning of the, of the, of the, whatever the word I'm looking for is in the AFC. Those two teams are going at it, but it's always a yeah. good matchup between the Patriots and Steelers. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots, right? You'd like to see Kendrick Bourne get a little bit more involved. We dove in a lot about that for most of our show on Tuesday. Is this a week, right? I know media access in season practice. You don't really see much. You see the stretching. You see some team drills. You're not seeing anything um, in terms of game plan, right? That that stuff can't be seen from our perspective. But are you feeling more optimistic? Is this a Kendrick Bourne type of game? You know, like it seems like a player that can help exploit some of the, these, you know, weaknesses in the Patriots offense that we've been seeing. Well, everything we're hearing, it kind of has to be, right? You know, if Kraft, if Kraft wants Kendrick Bourne to play, Kendrick Bourne is going to play. It's pretty uncharacteristic for Kraft to get this involved. So we don't know that Bill would listen to him, but you have to imagine it's it's a good, you know, the Steelers, like I said before, they don't have depth at corner. I'm just pulling their depth chart up real here. Uh, you know, Arthur Mollett, James Pierre, Cameron Sutton, Levi Wallace, Akilah Witherspoon. They don't, you, I mean, you think the Patriots cornerback situation is rough. Uh, outside of when they play Minka corner, I mean, Jalen Mills, number one corner on that team too, you know, for reference. So, I think this is where you can really flex some of that depth at wide receiver. And obviously the best way to do that is to put your best receiver on the field and Kendrick Bourne. I think it is a game where he should play more. I think he will play more. I don't know that it's going to be as much as everybody wants. I think you're probably looking because even though, you know, we heard the reports that it was disciplinary. He missed the meeting. They're going to bring him back. There are also the reports that they think he's four or four right now. And that's, you know, we don't know where, where they think he stands relative to Tyquan Thornton either. If that's the case, then free him, like trade him. It's just that well, he's a competent according receiver. to the reports, they had their chances to trade him and they didn't. So right. they clearly don't hate him. Right. So to get back to the point, you know, I don't think it's going to be the, the 55, 60, 65%. Some people want, some people want higher than that. I think, you know, that's about where he was last year. I think that, you know, 60 to 65 is a realistic range. I think it's probably going to be closer to 40%, but I'll take 40% of Kendrick Bourne over 0%. And you see how that looks, and we go from there. If it's clear he needs to play more, then, yeah, we can still yell and scream and, and 
kick our feet and stomp our feet about Kendrick Bourne needing to play more. And trust me, we'll do that on the next show. You and me are, are some of Bourne's biggest fans in this town. But if you know if he looks good at 40% and the offense works and he's at 40%, I is I do think there is something to you know, he was he was so effective last year, not as a hundred percent guy or a ninety percent guy. I do think there's something to that. Uh, you know, limited opportunities keep him fresh. Pick your spots, but I, I do think he plays more this week. I do think he plays significantly more this week, and I think Mac targets him. I think Mac gives him a chance. Those are I mean, two guys that it. are very close, <laughs> right? He exactly. Came right in, threw right at him, right? Mac wants him out there. Mac's going to show the team why he needs to be out there. Mac's going to give him a chance, right? So I, I think that's. That's something to watch for. The other thing, too, is if he doesn't play this week or we see the same thing as we saw week one, I'm curious. With the same thing being him not playing? Not playing or like two or three snaps. Like two, yeah, okay. What's the end game there, right? Is this is that it for him? Because it, like if with how much it's being talked about now, and, and you know Bill, he's not going to you know, uh, read into headlines, be pressured by the media to play certain guys, but. I feel like you have to, right? Like it's it's come to a point, especially with how bad your offense has been. I'm but the only thing that's that's making me kind of hold back and be so positive that he's going to play is that this has been going on for a month now. Like yeah. the Carolina game was a month ago. That was the second preseason game. So, and it seems like nothing in Vegas, right? We were obviously weren't out there, but it seemed like same thing. Working with the twos, not as not a lot of time with the ones, not getting as much time as he saw last year, right? Like, when is this going to change? Is this ha- Does it take a guy going down to get him in? If that's it, then obviously it tells you what they think of him, that he's just the fourth guy on the depth chart. And that really might be it. Maybe it's not a benching. It's just you're not involved right now. want to take a quick minute to tell you about Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50%, yes, that's right, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Doesn't make sense. That's kind of what I was talking about there before, is that I don't think he's going to play two snaps every week. I think it's going to be more than that. I don't think his full role, like that wasn't his full role. It wasn't. But I don't think his full role is as much as some people want it to be, right? It goes back to what I said before. I think some people want to be like an 80, 85, 90% guy right up there with Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers. I think realistically, it's probably going to be more like 40 to 50. I hope I'm wrong. Like I said, I think it should be 60, 65, 70%. I think it's going to probably be a little closer to 50%, even when they're on good terms and just to be ready for that. And, And maybe he plays his way into more playing time, but I think going into the season, like you said, what we saw it in, in in Vegas, the reports about, you know, straight up saying they think he's four or four. I don't think that's nothing. I don't think it's the entire reason he played two snaps. I think it was disciplinary in the meetings like like we've talked about. But I, I, I do think for whatever reason, they think he's four or four. And maybe when Tyquan Thornton comes back five of five. That I, I think we're going to go through the same thing with Thornton too. By the way, he's a rookie receiver. He's been hurt. I mean, that's more. That's more. Underst- you can understand that, right? Especially it's, it's with, more their mo, right? And there's a lot of veteran right. guys on the team that have a lot of experience. Um, 
I just think too, and it's no disrespect to Nelson Aguilar. Like I said last week, I think their receiver room is very unique in that they have a you know they have five different guys that I think bring a different aspects and a different tool set to their game. Right, you have Parker, who's your strictly outside the numbers guy, going to win a lot of 50 50 balls. Bourne's kind of your tweener. You can, he's versatile, line him up anywhere. Myers is your slot guy. He's primarily over the middle of the field. He's a chain mover, not a yak guy. Then you got Nelson Aguilar, who can help stretch the field a little bit. And then Tyquan Thornton's your speedster, who you can line up and, and do kind of some creative things with. Right. I think they should be utilizing that a little bit more. And I know it's early, it's only week one, but. It feels like it's it's so vanilla, their offense. Like they're not you've heard for years how they 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 can find ways to put guys in positions to succeed. And it seems like they've struggled with that really since the spring. Um so I'm interested to see how they can utilize and get a little bit more out of that group because it's it's arguably their best skill group bunch and even receiver room really since 2017 when they had Brandon Cooks here, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan in his prime, you know, they had Amendola, right? A, a lot of mix, but this is this is a competent receiver room that they've spent really yeah. 2 years now improving. So like let's figure it out there, let's start to get these guys more involved. I'm not asking for 100% of snaps, but if you can find a way to get each guy 55-60% of snaps, whatever the math checks out to be, you should be playing all four of the five of those guys, four of those guys now with Orton out around the same. Maybe Parker lines up more just because he's a bigger guy. Um, but yeah, that that's just my whole yeah. thing with the whole receiver room. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. So um, the other thing on offense too, I'm curious too, and I don't know if it's still this scheme change and the, the more outside zones, got to find a way to run the ball. They didn't run the ball enough week one. I think it was... Harris had 11 carries or 11 touches, Stevenson with 10. Uh, and it's curious, too, with, with Montgomery out, who's that pass catching back? Pierre Strong was added to the injury report this uh, yesterday. I believe he was still on it today. Yep. Uh, is Ramondre that guy? It seems like it. Bill's talked about his pass catching skills. But all in all, got to get that run game going because I think that's been an MO of that team for a long time. Not saying go back to that smash mouth type of football. but uh, And I know they were trailing for most of the game. But I, I think the Patriots – play their best football offensively when they can run an average, you know, four or five yards a carry like we're used to seeing. Yeah, I, you know, so there's kind of two points there, right? First off, they need to run the ball more. They talked about it this week. The score kind of dictated them having to get away from the run. I I, I think they would have ran the ball more if that game had stayed close, right? If they right, don't but they didn't up. even really – out the gate, though, didn't they? They kind of came out no, they spreading were running, out. they were running the ball well early, like late – at some point in the third quarter, I, I, I lost track of it. They finished with three and a half yards of carry, but I know it was in the third quarter. They were at five and a half yards per carry at one point. They were running the ball well. Now, the difference is, okay, they were running the ball well in between the tackles. It was when they tried to go to the outside, when they tried to do that stretch stuff that they struggled. Uh, you know, even the tosses, the to I shouldn't say to the outside, it didn't work because the tosses worked. It was the directly off tackle runs that hurt them. I'd like to see them run the ball more. Uh, you know, it, I guess it's tough this week. I'd like to see them run the ball more in between the tackles in general. Now, the Steelers have two really good defensive tackles in in Hayward and Aluwalu. So maybe this isn't, the, you know, this is really the week two where you good have run to get stoppers. that. Right. Above you have half, to yeah. get that outside run going. Um, as for the pass catching back thing, I think we're going to see what we saw in the preseason. I think that it's just going to be Harris and Stevenson trading drives or trading sequences where they're used in both roles. I, I, and I don't hate that. I like that. It makes the offense less predictable. Uh, I think you'll see more of that at least in the short term. And then, 
maybe Pierre Strong gets healthy. Maybe, uh, you know, they elevate J.J. Taylor or or, Ty, or just Ty Montgomery comes back quickly. You know, Bill was kind of noncommittal when asked about that on yesterday, and that kind of stood out to me. He really didn't want to say that Montgomery was coming back this year. So I wonder if there's something up there that we don't know about. But I think for at least a couple of weeks, they'll try to go with just these two guys or elevate Taylor and go with just those three in well-rounded roles uh, for, for the near future. Yeah, and you saw last year with Ramondre, right? He was kind of battling right. back and forth in and out of the lineup. James White goes down. He kind of ran off. No one expected that rule from Ramondre Stevenson. He kind of was thrust into it because of the injury. So you could see something similar like that with with uh, Pierre Strong maybe later on, right? Obviously, we have, we have really yet to see him um, play a lot of football since he's been drafted here. But um, – Switching it over to the defensive side of the ball, I think it's an interesting matchup because it's it's completely different from a skill set perspective with Pittsburgh rather than Miami, right? Miami's got the two, really the three speedsters. No, want to throw Cedric Wilson in there? I think he's a tough cover too. He's a very solid number three with Waddle, Hill, and and Wilson. That's a tough cover for your your secondary. It's a lot of movement. You're going to drain out. Time. You're running all over the field with those guys. Where Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson's kind of in that similar mold as a Jalen Waddle, kind of a shiftier guy, but you have Chase Claypool, George Pickens, uh, Pat Fryermuth was targeted 10 plus times in week one. That's a tough cover, good tight end. I think a top 10 tight end in the league. Um, so interesting from a scheme perspective, who gets who? I think you have to put John Jones on Deontay Johnson. Yeah, I know Mike Tomlin raved about him this week, said he's kind of in that lockdown category of a Stephon Gilmore, of a JC Jackson. I personally wouldn't put him out there from a – a boundary corner, but from a slot perspective in the past, he's done a very good job versus elite speedsters. So uh, Jalen Mills maybe on George Pickens to kind of take him out of the game. Uh, and, and, then, or, and Chase Claypool probably, actually. Yeah, no, yeah, Jalen Mills doing. on Chase Claypool, yeah. They use him in a variety of different ways. He takes, he gets a lot of carries, end arounds. He's a pretty versatile receiver. So I'm curious how they they divvy it up with those three. Yeah, I so really I, I four, agree with actually, you. Actually, with I the think, tight end. Jonathan, the tight end will be safeties. The tight end will be Duggar or Phillips or whoever. Uh, maybe Jabril Peppers plays a little more this week. I, I think I'm with you with uh, Mills on Chase Claypool. I mean, big physical guy, big physical guy. Uh, like you said, Claypool does a lot of that different stuff with end arounds and screens and things like that. So I think having a guy in Mills who's seen more football than a lot of the other guys in that room, uh, I, I think that's a good matchup there. Yeah, you go speed for speed, Jonathan Jones on Deontay Johnson. Similar, you know, again, that's a logical matchup given the skill sets you're kind of matching. And then the third guy's either going to be Miles Boykins or George Pickens. I think that's Jack Jones. You have to put Jack Jones on Boykin because Boykin's just so big. I think he's what is six, Marcus four, Jones banged up? 20? Has he been on the injury report? Like I'm curious to see why we No, haven't. he just hasn't played. But that's not like you wouldn't put him on Miles Boykin because Miles Boykin's too big. He's six four, two twenty. They don't really have a matchup corner. for him. It would be Jack Jones if you're going to have Jalen Mills on Chase Claypool. And then, you know, George Pickens, kind of same thing. 6'3", 200, he's a little faster. But again, you need that size. This is where, and we talked about this a lot in the preseason, the risk they took going this young and this athletic was corner is they really don't have a ton of true boundary guys. Those bigger corners, there's going to be some weeks where you need Jack Jones. It's a tough week for the Patriots in terms of they have smaller corners. And this is one of the few teams they're going to face that's really loaded up on big receivers. So, again, I think you just kind of have to let the dic- the matchups dictate it. I don't think there's a lot of wiggle room to get fancy here. John Jones on Deontay Johnson. Um, 
uh, Jalen Mills on Chase Claypool and then Jack Jones on whoever the third is, whether it's George Pickens or Miles Boykin. And then you put the safeties on the tight ends. The really interesting one to me, I think what's going to be a really good test if he's healthy and it looks like he's healthy is how are you going to handle Najee Harris? This is a guy that caught 74 passes last year as a rookie. The Patriots got killed last year with running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. It was a big problem for them. And you have a guy who's very good at it. You know, all the talk in the offseason about getting faster and more athletic at linebacker and camp. uh, uh, One of the best in the league already. Raekwon McMillan, Mac Wilson. Like, this is where that theory, you know, all that work you put in improving there gets put to the test because it's going to be the linebackers on Najee Harris. And he's banged up. He's dealing with a foot injury. It really seems like he's going to play. But that's that's that to me is going to be a fascinating matchup is how they handle Najee Harris. I think the rest of it is pretty paint by number. That's the big one to me. That's the one where the game could swing one way or the other. Right. And and like you said, I thought they struggled. Chase Edmonds, they didn't lose because of him, right? But the tackling needed to be cleaned up. You saw a couple missed tackles late, later on yeah, down the stretch. When they were that's close. week one in the NFL. And, and, right. Uh, I, that's I true. forget who it was said, said as much. I, I want to say it was uh, uh, Steve Belichick. Said it when we talked to him last week. You don't hit a lot. That makes sense. Week one is all across the NFL. Week one is going to be the worst tackling every time. Right. So, I mean, the Patriots were the same thing. Even going back to college football, you know, I'm watching that Alabama-Texas game, and I kept yelling at the TV with Alabama, could the first guy to the ball make the tackle? You How just, about that we, game we last week? That. Not to get off topic, they played probably their worst game in 15 years and still won. Like, uh I think Texas is better than people realize. I think Texas yeah, but had more to do with Alabama did not play well. And you I, as a Bama fan, I watch a lot of Bama too. Me as an they Alabama fan is telling you, I think Texas is better than people. Did we do, were you on or was I on with Mike when I get, gave my college football playoff picks? I was not on. So Alabama, like Ohio State, USC, and Texas. I think we're getting a rematch of that game in the college football playoff. That'd I really do. I think they got to win the Big 12, though. And I think they're they're probably the best team in the Big who, 12. Who, yeah, there's no other good – maybe Baylor. But there's really not a ton of talent in the Big 12 this year. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, first guy to the football not making a tackle. Very typical early in the season league-wide. Right. So, uh, I was curious, too. I, I tweeted it. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, ben Solak of The Ringer used to talk to him. Great, Does a lot of great work nationally now. Used to be you know covering the Eagles. He had said, he tweeted out, and this is for the chat, so I'm shouting you guys out too. He said, quote, the Patriots are playing Chelani Tavai in an every down roll, and you expected us not to notice. Or some, Did he something say in along an every down roll is a stand-up outside pass rusher? Didn't he like something specify that? Yeah, out, uh, Off-ball linebacker, that's what it yep. was. And I said, oh, no. Like, everybody here has noticed that, especially everybody in the chat. So curious how they they'd scheme that up. I didn't think we saw a lot of Mac Wilson in week one, or maybe he just didn't play. I never dove into the film. I'm not a film junkie like Evan used to be and still is for this show. But, um, yeah, they'll have their hands full with Najee. I think that's a that's an elite back. But battling an injury, that the foot thing, I think it's a lift's frank. He's had some problems with dating back to the preseason. Got pulled out in the second half. So, I think another measuring stick, but this is a game, Alex, kind of to wrap up because you can go all day about these matchups, but I think we, we kind of nailed it in terms of offense and defense. You lose this one, man. I, I'd i like to see the numbers on starting 0-2 and having a chance at the end of the year. I know it's a long year, but especially with how, and we, we talked about it off air after, and I said I didn't want to get into it, but I think it relates a little bit to this conversation. You go down 0-2, 
you start to, you know, the doubt starts to creep in, right? It's kind of unpatriot like from the players. Uh, you know, you have your guys that are that are high of energy, right? Damian Harris, Kendrick Bourne when he's playing and he's talking to the media more, seems like they're down. You know, like maybe yeah. not bought in is the right way to do it. And I don't want to fire off any hot takes. I obviously am reporting nothing. I don't know anything, but just the overall vibe, right? Like this is a not a must-win game, but you don't want to go down 0 2, especially with Baltimore and Green Bay up the next two. As bad as Green Bay looked in Green in week one, they always lay an egg week one. Like yeah, they'll I figure mean, they, it out. They got blown out last year in week one and they they were the top CD and rattled off like 14 them, in a row. But, or something. Right. No, I, I, I do think it's a big game. You don't want to start 0-2. You don't I I don't know that buy-in's the right word, but it things along I mean, those things, lines. It can snowball, right? You start in in Dev McCordy's talking about this, Matthew Slater's talking about this more from an individual standpoint than a team standpoint, but I think it can apply to a team standpoint too. You know, you start chasing things. You lose two games in in a row to start the season. You you start trying to do more than you probably should be doing. And then you miss things. And it again, it just snowballs from there. So I think it is a big game. It is a team they should beat. Just the Mitchell Trubisky factor, you know, there, there's there's key injuries on both sides of the ball. TJ Watt. I know it, it, it sounds like Najee Harris is going to play, but a foot injury for running backs obviously significant. Their starting center, Mason Cole, is banged up as well. He's expected to play, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. It's a big game. This is a big game. You can't let this season start 0-2. And, you know, we did, again, this might have been with Mike, I don't remember, but we kind of laid out the Patriots' schedule as blocks, right? There's, there's this four, was with me. There's, this yeah, was with there's me. the three blocks. This first block, you got to finish two and two through this first block. You got to have momentum because you don't want to be pressed going into those middle of the season games that you should clean up. You don't want to be, you know, overextending yourself in those games. So this is a big one. This is certainly a big one for the Patriots. And there, there are season implications on this. I don't know about, you know, people saying, oh, well, if they lose this game, Bill goes on the hot seat. He maybe doesn't make it through the year. I'm not saying in that sense, but no. And, and I mean, guys down there said it today. You just, you don't, you never want to let it become a habit losing. You don't want to let it become a habit. And, and that's kind of what they have in front of them right now. It's a game they probably should win. I know people are laughing about the Vegas line. Yeah. What uh, is it by the way? I think it's up to Pat's minus two and a half. Now it opened at Pat's minus one, which is essentially a, a pick them in football, right? Right. Especially when it's the road team. I kind of get it. I kind of get it in the sense that it's a huge spot for the Patriots. They need to win this game. And the I mean, Steelers are, you know, are the Steelers riding a little high after knocking off the defending AFC champions last year? That and the Steelers and, and aren't a great team. Let's let's so, be real too here. They they had they got points off. They got a pick six. Would they win that game? Twenty three to twenty was that 23 the score? Twenty, but they still beat them. That's I my understand. Point. But you're, you're riding high like, after you beat a good team when you still objectively didn't necessarily play as well as you probably offensively. Have. They certainly didn't. So they shouldn't right. have much problems defensively again. I think it's the real test will come the next two weeks with more dynamic and, and more playmakers, especially at the quarterback position. But um, that's another team that you know offensively didn't wow me. Right? They they certainly got a really good skill group, but. Pick six for Minka Fitzpatrick, a strip sack that that put him into you know basically the red zone, and and almost blew it at the end. So I'm not saying that the Steelers are are the best team in the AFC, right? It's it's, but it's it's a team that's probably similar to you as in Week One in terms of you know they'll be there in the end. They're kind of that fringe playoff team. So like I said last week, these early on these games right here, AFC opponents, right. guys, you're going to be teams you're going to be facing off with. 
Super important. You don't want to look back and say, damn, I wish we had that one like you will last week. Uh, but like you said, I don't, you don't, you don't want to start 0 2 with Lamar Jackson coming to town and then Aaron Rodgers the next week. Then it can get, right. you're in trouble. You're, you're, you're in trouble if you don't pull this one out Sunday. So, um, any last thoughts, any predictions? I know you're not a big prediction guy. Any last thoughts before we, uh, we hopefully recap a win on Sunday, Sunday afternoon? No, we'll see it play out. That's pretty much where I'm at. You got to, I'll, yeah. I'll do a prediction for tonight's game. Yeah. I, I like the I Chargers. Think- I think the Chiefs win. Where's the game again, actually, before I say this? Arrowhead. It's an Arrowhead. I think Chiefs win big. I think it's a big, you know, Tyreek Hill's gone. A lot of people doubt them, talking about the I'm Bills as the new class of the AFC. You. I'm against you. I, I think the Chiefs come out tonight, and, and you know, it, this is the spot, you know, back in the day, back in the day when the Patriots were the class of the AFC, this is the spot where they would remind everybody just why yeah. that is. New right. upstart team comes into their building. I just you know think Justin young Herbert. quarterback lays it Herbert's on. I like so Justin good. Herbert too. I oh. think it's going to be a good game. It's nothing against the Chargers. It's the, it's the coach, right? It's the, it's the head coach. I, almost... No, it's more bad. I, I don't like. I'm not a Brandon Staley guy. You're right, but I think it's a big spot for the Chiefs. I, I it's more about the Chiefs, and I think that they want to remind everybody who they are, and they don't need Tyreek Hill and all of that. I'll give and you a player to watch, too. I think J.C. Uh, Jackson's back tonight. He is back, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco is a, or Pacheco is a running back for the Where did he go to school? Rutgers. Was it? Rutgers. I thought it was Kansas. I, was, I knew it was a low-end nope. power five. Rutgers. I was huge into him during the draft. I thought he would have been a great get for the Patriots. He and was he a wide receiver transfer? Running back. To a, He's third down back. back. Third down yeah, back. Yeah. He's James White type. Bigger guy, guy use right now. Um he, he tore it up in, over the summer. He was excellent. One of the best players on the Chiefs over the summer. Uh, I didn't really see what he did week one. I don't think he was a major factor, but Touchdown. he's wearing number 10. Yeah. So if you think it's Tyreek Hill out there, and you it might, always, he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> he tied here strong for the fastest 40 by a running back at the combine. Uh, just fun player, fun under the radar player to watch if you want to sound smart in front of your friends. So if yeah, if you want to see two high-powered offenses and yeah. teams air it out all over the yard and what a what a dynamic offense looks like tonight will be fun. I think this is one of the best Thursday night games of the year early on. So Alex, that's also, fun. The Chargers don't have Keenan Allen, by the way. Don't forget that. Yeah, they don't, but they'll figure yeah. it out. Justin Herbert's top. He's close to top three. I think he's getting okay. there. Mahomes he's getting is. there. Mahomes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, but this Herbert's year three. You know, so yeah, um, we'll see how it plays out. I'll be texting during the game. But as I said, a lot of fun, as always. Chat was was uh, was popping tonight. We will see you all Sunday after the game for the postgame show. And then obviously next Tuesday, we'll break down the Pittsburgh game, hopefully after a big Patriots win. I'm Ryan Spagnoli. That's Alex Barth. 